All right, welcome everybody to Thirsty Thursday number 51 with our guest, Scotty Bear. Um, he actually does exist. He's going to go get his beverage right now uh, as we're speaking. But uh, really excited to have him on. I had the privilege of working with uh, Scotty for several years in Ocean City. And uh, actually, even before that, I had the opportunity to uh, work with him as an uh, instructor at the Maryland Council of Fire Rescue Academies, uh, where he represented a, um, Annapolis City. So as soon as Scotty gets back here in the frame, we're going to get him to introduce himself and uh, you know, we're going to kick off the show. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bobby can't join us tonight. He's got a family obligation. Mike's going to be jumping on here in a little bit. Uh, he's at work. And then our boy Ben, um, which I, it, just in case he might be watching, I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but he's kind of turning the big four zero uh, this weekend. So uh, he's en route to uh, his 40th birthday party of sorts um, as we speak. So he won't be able to jump on with us uh, tonight unfortunately, but uh, we wish him a happy, happy birthday and uh, enjoy 40, brother. That's halfway to 80. So um, with that kind of circling back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, passion for the fire service tonight and not to uh, throw Scotty under the bus or steal his thunder, but uh, he's been in the fire service for quite a while now and he's kind of recycled himself, if you will. He's uh, started over and over again where, uh, you know, he worked a full career of uh, the city of Annapolis and then uh, you know certainly worked in Ocean City for a while and then started again with another county and met slash metropolitan department uh, which you know to me is just uh, either he's a glutton for punishment or he just really enjoys uh, the fire service which I think the latter is it and if you kind of look in the background there of his frame um, you know you certainly see, certainly see uh, some but not all the memorabilia that's captured a, a decent part of his career. And one thing I'll say about Scotty, uh, one of many things, oh, there he is as one handsome individual. Um, is, <laughs> there you go. Uh, is he's always had the same energy and passion ever since I've known him. So Scotty, I didn't, um, I didn't steal too much of your thunder. I just gave a little, uh, a little briefing on you, but if you want to go ahead and do the intro on yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, where, where you've been, where you are, where you're going. And then uh, you and I'll get in the conversation until Mike gets on. We know where I'm going down, down. That's why we wear turnout gear. Um, yeah, most people know me that are local. I'm Scott Bear. I um, I'm retired from Annapolis City. Uh, my dad was a captain in Annapolis. He retired as a captain. I retired as a battalion chief, and my kid is working tonight. They might be roasting me right now in the station, and um, he has 14 years in, and he drives at Rescue 38 and Squad 38, or uh, Rescue 38 and uh, Engine 38 in Annapolis. So we're the first third-generation family in Annapolis Fire Department. I think Dougie Romali, the chief there, we've been friends my whole life, um, he now has a son there with him and now they're they have three or four generations actually they have three generations with the career department and then their granddad um fritz wolford was a chief there assistant chief uh with the rescue hose company or whatever and uh so they kind of have four generations almost really um but about me there it's not that great <laughs> i um I started out as a volunteer in February of 1982 at the independent fire company down on Dougal Gloucester Street in Annapolis. It was a single engine company. Um, most of the time, it had one career person there that drove the fire engine. My dad was a lieutenant there. He had to drive the fire engine, be the lieutenant, and be the firefighter. They, that just is the way it was back in the 70s and uh, 60s, 70s, and, and the um early 80s um i went to eastport because we just didn't get enough runs at uh um independent uh, which was 37 back then uh they're disbanded now um so i went to 36 and volunteered there until i got hired in 85 july of 85 i got hired i went through the Anne Arundel county fire academy class number 21 and uh that was fun that was a good time. I was 19. That was pretty cool. And uh, 
I've always wanted to be a firefighter. My dad was on 24-24s. He was either coming or going. We had to wait for Santa Claus. We had to wait for him to get home, or we had to get up real, real early and do the Christmas thing. So um, I'm jumping all over the place. Uh, I um, I rose up through the ranks, you know, lieutenant captain. I only ever wanted to be a lieutenant. I wanted to be a lieutenant for a pretty childish reason because I just didn't want to stand outside on the pump panel or sit in the engine as a driver. I wanted to go inside and 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 fight fire. And uh, and then I had a little bit of say of how we we did things as far as tactics and stuff goes when uh, when we arrived as a lieutenant. Um, I like I like being a lieutenant a lot. Captain and battalion chief. Um, that was more just about money. I like, I like, it was cool status thing with the battalion chief it was okay, but, um, it's no fun being by yourself in the buggy. Um, you're, you're, you're on your own basically. So you don't have, you, yeah, you have a shift, but you don't have your crew like you used to. You're not a part, you, you almost feel like maybe you're not a part of the, the crew anymore. So, um, and I like being a part of the crew. That's why I'm still working. I, um, after I retired, I retired, I, you know, I went through and did my thing with Annapolis and, uh, retired in July, um, July 1st of, um, 2010, went to Ocean City with Trevor, um, got the job. They put me through a little physical agility thing to get the job. Um, and that was in like January or February of 11. So I got the job then. I've, I've taught for Mifri my whole career, like 25 years. So I, I'd been an instructor and, and departmentally I'd been teaching um, all our ladder stuff, uh, SCBA stuff. So um, I was heavily involved in that, uh, trying to pass on some knowledge maybe and some skills that i i had learned from some of the old guys that were around that are mostly gone now most of them are gone um so ocean city had me um be an instructor as a firefighter i was down there teaching with with trevor and stuff that was fun ocean city has a good group of people um they their paramedics are really good their paramedic program and with ocean city I think it's changed now, but it, it was, you had to be a paramedic to be a full-time firefighter, which isn't a bad thing. They're, they're very low staffed. They probably still are. You have 24 story buildings down there and you're running with uh, an assignment of maybe nine people and, and you hope the volunteers will show up, which they did. Volunteers showed up pretty, they posted pretty good down in OC. So they had some pretty decent volunteers and everything. Um, while I was with Ocean City, I did, uh, I did five years there total. The last two years I went to Salisbury and got a full-time job with them. And, um, I did two years there that was cut short because I was hired, hired under a grant, a safer grant. And when that happened, um, they had to bump me back to part-time. Well, I wanted another pension Christ, I was only four, 44 years old when I retired from Annapolis. So I had a lot left in me. I still do. I don't know how, but I still do. Um, so I ended up being bumped back to part-time and Anne Arundel just happened to be hiring laterals again and stuff. And I was already a part of their system before. Um, but they did make me go back through a fire school. And um, that was class number 54, Anne Arundel County class number 54. So a lot of good guys in that group. The young ones, though, I don't know. They didn't have the heart, man. A 50-year-old. I was 49 when I got the job. I turned 50 in fire academy, and I definitely should not be able to out-push up a 19 or 20-year-old. I don't know what's what's gotten in these guys, but whatever. It was a good group of guys. We busted balls in the locker room. I, I loved it. Um, made me, it keeps you young. It made me feel young and stuff. So I like hanging out with the guys. A lot of people – Ask how do you do it? How, how do you come from? How do you come from? Um, geez, how do I, I don't even know how to do that. Um, 
one. My kid's calling me. <laughs> so my other kid's calling me. He's in the Navy, and I called him earlier. I'll get I'll get back with him. He's probably trying to watch this, I guess. Um, He's on a destroyer down in Florida, and he's a damage controlman, so he's going to be a firefighter also once he gets out of the Navy. Um, Where was it, Trevor? You're talking about essentially the the bookends where you started out started out in Anne Arundel County Fire Academy for Annapolis, went back in as a 50 year old, and then you had the the two in between with uh, Salisbury and Ocean City. But you're talking about you're not not being able or shouldn't be able to out push up or outwork a 19 year old. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I'm I'm not in the greatest shape. I mean, I'd get by though. But um, so yeah, I went through um, class 54. And um, that that was fun. I so people ask. That's where I was going. People ask ask me all the time. You know, how do you do it? How do you go from being a battalion chief um, back to being a firefighter? Well, let me tell you something. Just because you have rank and you've risen up through the ranks and you become the you know a cabin battalion chief, chief, whatever you are, you're still a person. You're still the same person. So I'm no better than the next dude, the, the, the lowest person. And honestly, the lower the people are, probably the more important they really are. They're the ones that are putting their feet on the ground. They're eating carpet. They're going down these hallways with fire blowing over their heads, and they're going after the, the people, this, um, the citizens' ch children and stuff to, to get them out of these burning houses and stuff. So they're the important ones, really. Um, but it was easy. I probably had a hand in teaching half the people that I am in that are in charge of me now somewhere along the line. Um, and um, I have total faith in them. They may be my kids age or whatever. I have no problem listening to them and they, uh, they do an excellent job there with, you know, Annapolis, Anne Arundel, Ocean City, they, all the young people are doing great. I probably wouldn't even be here. A normal person would not be working still. Um, you know, I'd probably be retired doing something stupid, being a Walmart greeter or something. But um, luckily, I'm in good enough shape to to still be able to do the job, and um, and I like it. And but the the young ones do a great job, and uh, I like working for them. Um, so. I work at the busiest company or one of the busiest companies. We bounce back and forth, but I work in Glen Burnie. I choose to work in Glen Burnie. I love it. I asked to be there um, and I was fortunate enough. They let me be there, um, but we're really busy. I think 26 is stationed, the entire station, which is an engine, a truck and a medic. Um, we ran like 6,000 some calls last year, like 62 or 6,300. Um, it's quite a few calls. Um, I get my ass whipped on the medic unit. I haven't, I, I, I did get a couple hours sleep last night. I was very lucky, but I got off this morning. I have a part-time job at a, a 400 acre farm. I had to go feed the sheep and I had to go bush hog. So I've been bush hogging all day, um, walking behind this uh, mower. So I'm a little tired, but I just go. I like I like doing it. I like doing the job. I like I just like staying busy and stuff. I hunt and fish a lot, um, pretty much every day. But hunting season ended the other day, so that's all pretty much over with. Um, so twenty six, I absolutely love twenty six. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, uh, really good people there. Um, the first battalion up there is very aggressive. Uh, we have a lot of fire. Well, I don't know that we have any more fires in the rest of the place, but um, call volume is definitely different. Uh, it, the, the population is unbelievable up there. It just people are just crammed in Glen Burnie and the, and the Baltimore. You know, the outskirts of Baltimore. It's uh, it's crazy. I would never want to live there. Um, amongst that, that's why I live over here in Denton, in the country. I can't do the, the city thing. Um, I liked the Napa city when I lived there, but it's, that's too much for me now. I don't, I don't want to be over there. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we run some calls. I've, I've had some bad call. We've had a lot of bad calls there. You, you get a, a, 
you you get reps for sure lots of reps it's unbelievable um and at 35 shoot when i was on 35's engine i thought we were busy we were running 20 some hundred calls a, a year but um it's it, it's a little bit different um i love my career in annapolis i love annapolis city that's that's where my roots are um and and i i loved working for annapolis city that that's where my family's at you know that i did it because my father did it so um i'm guessing you know my one son did it because i did it and the other one's probably going to do it because his, his mom did it also my second son's mom did it uh we worked together on my crew um and she was the ems officer there at, at the time when i retired but um um uh it's definitely in the family it's it's definitely in the family um my father used to tell stories about being a house cat which is a a, a young kid a little kid uh he he lived in south baltimore and six truck used to be around the corner um i think it was austin street and hanover street i think was the location i can't remember sure it's moved now six trucks somewhere else but um he was a house cat there and he he used to tell me the story that he he would go pick up the guy's shoes when they went out on a box assignment he would go there and pick up their shoes and put them back on their racks and stuff um get get them off the floor so they didn't run them over when they came back into the station and stuff and uh he said there was um there were times that he somebody didn't return to get their shoes so it's a dangerous job. I mean, they proved it, you know, last January, they proved that uh, Baltimore did when we lost those three. So, um, but it's still, it, I would not, I don't choose to sit at a desk. I do not want to sit at a desk. Um, I love the action. I, I, and I get, we all probably like the danger. I, I, I think there's a, there's something to be said for that. I think we, we just like that 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 risk a little bit um i don't think we're um like kamikaze pilots but it's it's a fun job and, it, and we're helping people and that's that's the main thing i think we all like to help people when it really comes down to it as much as i hate people in the left hand lane in my way when i'm going to work i still like helping these idiots so <laughs> um i don't know what else you want to know, Trevor? I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> That's what it's all about, my brother. It's great catching up with you. Um, that was one of the things that uh, I think when I first met you, Scott, uh, you were working in Annapolis City. I, I believe you were a captain then, and then not too long after that, were a battalion chief. And we're, we were both representing our departments at the uh, Council of Academies meetings. And that's what I always thought was just hysterical. And I had you know, had the uh, blessing and the opportunity to actually work with in Ocean City and just – you always had that same energy when you came to work and you were always funny, but you, you, you kept yourself out of being, you know, chapters uh, or, you know, paragraph seven through 13 of the HR manual, but you always cut it really close to that line. And that was one of the best things is that, you know, you, you came to work with that energy, um, you know, that energy being a fireman. And just real quick, I'll tell you this, uh, I'm fortunate in my department now where I still get to be uh, operational. And that's the best part of the job, you know, like you said, right, right the desk and, you know, the whole policy procedure, you know, administrative stuff. It's a necessary evil. But uh, my buggy was out of service the other morning and we got tapped out for a, uh, well, actually we saw it. We saw a, uh, a Palm Tran bus uh, going past us, making a hell of a noise and smoke rolling out the back. It's like, hey, guys, let's go ahead and follow that bus because we're getting ready to get called out in a second. And um grab my gear because my buggy's out of service and you know of course the guy riding the right front seats hey hey chief come up here i'm like nope i rode fourth on the engine man best freaking day of the week absolute best you know and you know he he had it you know that they, they didn't they didn't need me for that but you know i i, I got to play fireman it was great it was just the, the best freaking day of the whole week um and, and and you've had the opportunity to like say you've you've started and you know, you've, you've had full, you know, essentially full careers. And um, I think that having the, you know, having the heart of a fireman is what it's all about. You know, regardless of what glitter shit you have on your collar, uh, yeah. you know, what color your front piece, your helmet is, it's, you know, it's, it's just being able to be part of that. And like you said, with your dad, you know, starting out as a house cat, I mean, you can't get more humble than taking, picking up guys shoes. 
Um, and at the same time, is showing that respect and also understanding what it means when that set of shoes uh, doesn't get picked up at the end of the shift. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty weighty thing, and that's was passed along. And it's hard to believe. Uh, I think you used to call him Spanky. That he's 14 years in Annapolis already. Yeah, yeah, he's Good. 34 years old. Yeah. Good God. Um, okay, you're you're getting like way old. But what my, my question for you is like. Um, you know, and I had the privilege of you know not only working with you but actually instructing with you um, when we spent some time in Ocean City. But what what got you interested in the instructional end of things? I mean, you, you talked a little bit about it, wanting to pass some things along. But what kind of what struck you to say, "Hey, I, I want to be an instructor"? Because you you spent a lot of time uh, as a uh, you know fear the turtle, you know, uh, one of the uh, Mifri Mifri instructors. We chewed a lot of dirt on that end, but also we're able to do some Ocean City stuff. So what what got you into that? Um. I was going to tell you overtime, but I don't think it really was overtime. I honestly, I sort of, I I knew my job back then. I don't, I don't think I definitely am not as good as I once was. That's for sure. But, um, I, um, I thought I could pass along stuff to people. I did like showing people what, you know, how to do things. Like I, I love ground ladders. I don't know why. They're ridiculous. I should be broken half by now, but um, I I just liked um, just like teaching people how to how to you know use the equipment and and pass on. Really, if you're if you have any gumption, it's important for you to pass on stuff to these other people. Um, the the people that are coming in, the newer people and stuff. Um, you want to pass that knowledge on. You don't want to withhold it. We Way back when, I remember guys, they were, um, you know, probably my dad's age and, and older. Um, they would tell you everything almost, but they would withhold stuff because they were afraid you were going to take their job. Well, I always told these people, I said, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to take your friggin' job. I am, um, you're going to get my job. As, as soon as I'm done with it, you're going to get it. So, um, that's, that's pretty dumb to worry about that. But, um, you want to train them to replace you. We had, well, my dad started the modern day fire investigation unit that uh, we have now. It's technology obviously has, has made it uh, even, even better now, but um, bombs and, and all that, the bomb tech stuff and all that. But um, that was probably back in 1974 when that, when they uh, got that up and running. And um. He worked with a, another guy named George Ellis. George is still around, and they were both captains at the time. And then George uh, became a battalion chief later on. But my dad took care of the investigation side of the fire marshal's office, and George took care of the um, the inspection side. George was like phenomenal at reading plans and stuff. Hey, Scotty. Hey, how are you? Good, man. Sorry for being late, guys. Okay. Do you want you want to say act. you want me to keep going or uh Yeah, keep on rolling, man. Okay, all right. I'm, I was listening, you just couldn't see me. Well, I got friggin' I got friggin' uh Alzheimer's, I think, so I don't want to like I'll get off. <laughs> yeah. Just pop, so, pop pop an intercept. You'll be okay. Keep going. Yeah, right, right. So my dad was uh, obviously he was the investigator. He was, uh, did the investigations, and then George uh, Ellis did the um, the inspections portions. And like I said, George was unbelievable at, at like reading plans for uh, building construction and stuff and all that uh, stuff. So, um, but those guys were so good at their jobs. If they didn't pass on some of that, excuse me, pass on some of that knowledge to to the people that are going to take their jobs, geez, the department would have been crippled almost. And it, it sort of was, they had some other guys come in. I think Smiley Bose came in and did some plans, reviews and stuff. And they, they, they learned it, you know, it, it, life goes on. It's, it's not even a speed bump. When you leave, I, they didn't even give a shit when I left. <laughs> it didn't even, no bump at all. I just, just like flatline, man, man, asystole. Um, so yeah, uh, 
I, I, oh, as far as being an instructor, though, I, you, you really should pass on the knowledge and, and, and try to teach uh, the guys that. And I, I wasn't a very good instructor. I wasn't, I, I didn't flow that well. Um, I wasn't the most intelligent guy, but I, I did know a lot of um, just bare bones skills, you know, ropes and knots and, and, I uh, did do a lot of special operations stuff. So I knew uh, back then I knew high angle a little bit and, and some of the other stuff we, we got into hazmat Nine eleven just totally turned everything around. So we ended up getting into hazmat in Annapolis. Um, we didn't do that prior to nine 11 and uh, good God, that was a mess. We bought all kinds of stuff, had grants buying stuff, uh, all these monitors. It was unbelievable. And I learned a lot. One of the best schools I had ever gone to, I've, I've been to a, a few schools around the country, not, not many, but a couple, but probably the, the best, the one that made the most impact on me, I think was, uh, Virginia beaches, structural collapse school. It was unbelievable. Um, a lot of good instructors from across the nation. Matter of fact, one girl was a, uh, I, I remember, I remember her because she was really, she was, uh, really pretty. Um, she was a, uh, a captain in, I think it was Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I believe they had a big bridge collapse back a few years. Uh, it might've been 10 years ago or something, 15 years ago. It was probably 15 years ago. Well, she, I saw her on TV. She ended up being one of the divers that was uh, instrumental in doing a lot of the uh, stuff. I guess there were some rescues and stuff. I don't really remember it, but I, I remember she was a part of that. She was teaching us. She had a lot of good stuff to teach us down at uh, the structural collapse school. So they um they get some good people from all across the country coming in there. Um, and I were well like when I did uh we were like the second string. It kind of sucked, but we um Maryland Task Force Two, uh, Baltimore City headed that up, and then you know the the seven jurisdictions um um in the central Maryland um, hazmat group or whatever. We um, we all did that USAR thing. They picked a few people, and I got lucky enough to be on that. So that's why I went to Structural Collapse School because I was working with those guys. I met a lot of good guys from Baltimore City. I shoot half of them probably weren't there now, but uh, a lot of cool guys there and stuff. Um, but th so that's why I became an instructor, though. I, I think just to to help help our guys out, help people out, um, and, and and the money, you know, you. Annapolis City doesn't get overtime like Arundel County does. We just don't. They just don't have the vacancies and stuff to um, to um, you know they don't to to work the overtime. So we didn't get. So when there was overtime, I jumped on it. I was I was always trying to work, and and the instructor stuff definitely helped that out. So. Go ahead. Yeah, Scotty, that, that's one that's one of the things, and I'll I'll say this about Mike also is that uh, you know we're not always trying to teach to our successes, and you know I've been here, I've done this, uh, here's my credential, here's this, but you know, you're not afraid to tell somebody you know where you fucked up in your career too, and you know, use those as teaching moments, and I think that you've always been very visceral about that, um, you know, and that's what that's what sets some of the instructors aside because you have the ones that. They can read a, a textbook or a manual and they can regurgitate it word by word, line by line, ace the test 110 percent. But they yeah. can't translate it from their head to their hands or they can't pass it along to somebody else. And they want to be the most important or the smartest woman, uh, man or woman in the room. Whereas you can say, hey, here's my experience. Here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. If you can show me another way to do it. And you know, I can tell you, I've I found 16 ways to screw this up and about two ways to do it really well. I'm going to teach you all 18 ways, and you kind of figure it out and make it better for yourself. Um, and that's something that's I think common amongst uh, you know you and Mike with with teaching is that you know you're you're not you're not afraid to be vulnerable or say, hey, I don't have all the answers. I don't, you know. No, I'm definitely a fucktard. I I know way less than I actually know. I can tell you that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but but you look good doing it, brother. Yes, as long as you look cool doing it, you got it dicked, man. <laughs> I was what are your thoughts on that, Michael Wood? <laughs> Come on, Mike, throw something at us. And <laughs> on mute. I want to hear what's going on back there. Is there moaning in the background or anything? I shut her down. Yeah, I had to kill it all, man. <laughs> I got a oh, and, and, going on here. And, and one quick thing, Scotty, uh, we'll, we'll go with you feeding the sheep in Denton. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're feeding the sheep. We'll go with that. We'll, we'll stick with that story, bro. 
<laughs> I didn't hear that one. So I work on a farm part time, and it's in Queenstown, and um, and we have to feed the friggin' sheep every day. I hate the sheep; they are stinky, nasty bastards. But uh, and they hate and they hate you. Yes, they're um they're pregnant right now, so they're getting ready to lamb and stuff. So I got a pretty good story about that if you want to hear it. I do. Okay, so. Jamie is my kid's father-in-law, my my uh, my oldest boy's father-in-law, and uh, Jamie was the farm manager. He just retired about six months ago. My my son took over, uh, the one that works at thirty-eight um, down in Annapolis. So, um, I have a video of it somewhere. I don't know, but so Jamie, we the one of the uh, ewes was having a lamb, and the damn thing got hung up in her. Um, probably turned around or whatever. And uh, so she was laying there. So I'm videoing this because he's sticking his hand up her ass trying to get her to turn around to get the thing coming out. It's totally nasty. You you guys know we've delivered babies and stuff. And uh, and all this, all this fluids just flooding out of her and everything. Well, um, the damn you lays her hand or her head on the electric fence and shocks the shit out of Jamie. Oh my God. His hand was in his ah! He's screaming and hollering. But I got it on video. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Lucky he didn't kill him. <laughs> That's a, there's, a, there's a good lesson in situational awareness in that. Right. <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's great. My friggin', you made me talk too much. My friggin' root beer floats melting. <laughs> so I didn't hear the first part of what what was discussed. What did you guys go over initially? Um, oral resume. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty much that. It it didn't get really interesting until uh, Scotty started talking about sheep and electric fences. So yeah. I mean, and that, yeah, and we're we're early in the show. So I mean, hey, it can go anywhere from here. Oh my god. <laughs> Scotty, you weren't connected uh, with, with any of that incident yesterday, were you? Um, down in Dagsboro. Oh no, no, no. So I, I work for I work at Station Twenty Six up in Glenbrook. Oh, you? That's right, Mike. You weren't. So I work at Twenty Six up on Crane Highway. Okay. Okay. In Rondell. And um, that's right. So I because you were at Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I, they uh, they shit can me. Actually, they did not. They um, they I was. Full time, they bumped me back when the safer grant ran out. They didn't staff the, or they didn't fund those positions, so they bumped me back to part time. And the reason I left, the only reason I left Salisbury, I love those guys. I love working there. They get some fires down there for as small as that place is. They run some fire, and I love it. Um, but um, no, I I'm not there anymore. I I regret it. The only thing is. I, I probably wouldn't have made as much money as I have with, with Anne Arundel. Salisbury, those guys take a beating and they don't get paid very well. But they're mm -hmm. they're some good guys, man. I'm not kidding. It's like Baltimore City condensed. Yeah. You know, it's it's exactly like Baltimore City. They have everything, rail, uh, marine, industrial, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, they do. They do. So I missed I missed out on that. I saw some photos. I didn't even know about it, actually. I was on the friggin' Medicaid yesterday. So we were staying at the hospital all day long. You know, we were just busy in, in the hospitals. Like, yeah. You know, so. Oh, um, looked like a good call, though. So are you, what what type of role are you playing? Are you playing any as far of a, as, far as a, a training role up in uh, Anne Arundel now? What no, not, not at all. Um, I... I just and I know I mean, you guys covered this prior to me coming on. Well, so sort of, kind of, yeah. It's all it's all right, man. Um, I'm just a backstab firefighter. I honestly, that's really all I kind of want to do. I wouldn't mind maybe becoming a lieutenant there, maybe, but I don't know if I even want the stress of being a friggin' lieutenant. Um, um, you know, and, uh, I wish I could convey how many times, and I say that because I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. Um. I've run into so many great firemen, uh, firefighters, let me say that, uh, yeah. not only in Baltimore, but down here in Ocean City and in other areas. 
and they they say the same thing. And I'm wondering what all the reasons for that statement are, because because we're idiots. Well, <laughs> but there's we are. But I know. <laughs> there's much more to it that should plant a lot of red flags. When you see great firefighters, uh, knowledgeable ones that say, I have no interest in being in charge of anybody in this department. Uh, that's a powerful statement to make, yeah. especially in departments that have res- that are respected departments. Yeah. And there's uh, it, it should be delved into uh, because I think that that is a huge problem for administrations and managements and departments when you have good firemen saying that um, yeah. it shouldn't be something that's just kind of swept under a rug, but I hear it more and more and more. And um, man, that's a, that's a topic that probably has as many layers as an onion, but deadly. I am. Um, so my, um, everything I do is for, basically immature reasons. I mean, honestly, seriously, they're for childish reasons. I wanted to be a lieutenant so I could go inside, kind of run my call a little bit on my own and all that stuff. That's all I ever want to be as a lieutenant. Um, Being a battalion chief, it it was cool. Status-wise, it was kind of neat. You know, you you go to other states or you go wherever and, you know, everybody's like bucking up to you and all like this. But that's not a big deal. I really didn't care about all that stuff. Um, I am um, just, it, it wasn't fun in the buggy. I, I, you were, you missed this. So I, am. Um, I wasn't a part of the crew when I was in the buggy. Right. Like you lose your crew integrity a little bit. Um, I, I like being with the people, guys and girls, whoever. I, I like being with those people in the field and um in that it's it's not lonely i want to say it's kind of lonely in the buggy because because you're by yourself um but you are not a part of the crew anymore you're a part of the shift and i never had to be like i never you know being in charge i wasn't some like chess beater or something so i didn't being in charge i don't really have to tell people what to do and most most of your people know what they're doing anyway you it kind of almost runs itself a little bit. You might be a little bit of a Arthur Fiedler or whatever, Boston Pops dude, you know, a conductor, but uh, conducting the orchestra, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I fucked up more shit than uh, helped it. I don't know. In that position, in, right. in, the, in the upper level, um, I think I think I help more people right this second. Like right now at 26 on that medic unit, and, and I know we hate, everybody hates these guys, all, especially young boys. They think they're all going to be super firefighters and all this shit. But we hate that medic unit. I I don't really hate it. Um, there's, there's nurses at the hospital, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, that's a plot. So you have to look. I know that sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous. But you have to find the good in the bad. It is bad to be on the medic unit. People are abusing the hell out of us. The, the society, as society, we we don't. My dad used to take. I'd, I'd fall on my skateboard, and he'd take a a military butterfly, and either methylate or mercurochrome. And I had lacerations that most people would go to the hospital and think their heads cut off. He would say, "Get the fuck back outside and play." After he's patched me up. And I feel like we're a bunch of pussies, sort of. The, the society, a little bit. We, we're beating these hospitals up when we don't belong going to the hospitals. Absolutely. Oh, my God. We're abusing the hospital and the services, our, our services, and the police officer services and stuff. We're, we're definitely abusing the services. But I think it's a societal thing um, where just uh, people – are leaning on that they have no business uh going for the flu have no business going to the hospital where we take them all the time and that's my job and i take them and i'm nice to them and and i we take good care of them but um 
they don't need to go. And, yeah. you know, the, and then the first person you talk out of it, then the next thing you know, they croak or something. But we're, we're so, it's such a litigious society now. And we're so afraid as a, as a department, as a, um, as a fire, at the fire service in general, the police, uh, the, the police service in general, I think he just, he's gone. Um, I think we're so litigious this, these days that we're scared to death of, of, um, not doing something and, and stuff. I don't know. No, I think, I think you're right, Scotty. And the big picture is too, that, you know, I, I used to watch and I, yeah, I was probably one of it one time that would get pissed off when you got a call or, you know, you had your 3 a.m. attitude. OK, you're 15th drunk of the night. And like you said, yeah. if, if you don't treat them the same way you treated the first one and they're the ones who actually had a medical emergency, then, yes. you know, uh, it's it's bad for everybody. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're you're getting paid the same whether or not you run that call or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what that's what we're there for. We're to we're to run the calls. It's not like the garbage man is going to do it. It's not like public works is going to come and take somebody to the hospital. So, you know yeah. what? Get out there, do the job. And that's one of the things just to be able to like, and I've, I've seen you do it a million times that you've got the same attitude at three in the morning that you do at three in the afternoon. Yes. And that's something, again, to pass that along to some of these uh, you know younger folks coming up to say, hey, man, look, sometimes you just got to embrace the suck um, yeah. and, and and roll with it. You know, and it, and, I, yeah. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm tired. Like in at three o'clock this morning or whatever time we were out, I'm exhausted and it's hard. But I'm not going to treat people mean, man, unless they are coming at me, like unless they need to be thumped or something. I, I'm just not going to do it. I, I, I'm just going to be nice to people. I feel like being nice is better. I, like you get further with being nice. It sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. Um, you know, whatever. I, I love the job. I can't. I don't even know what else to say. I, I love the job. I've, I've always loved the job. I've wanted to do it since I was friggin' in diapers, probably. So, yeah, and I gotta agree with you. I think that if you had to pick one position uh, in the department, it's probably lieutenant because you're you're right in that sweet spot where you're you're, yeah. you're still part of the crew. You kind of run your own ship. Um, you yeah. can influence operations, and you know you're not you're not mired down by the buggy. And I I still remember a story I was told years and years and years ago. Um, you know, when, when I was like, Hey, you know, what do I, what do I got to do? What track to, you know, advance, be a Lieutenant. And, you know, they, and this you know, goes back obviously to uh, our earlier days, you know, because we, yeah. you know, we're old enough to remember it, but you know, they talk about that tailboard fireman riding on the tailboard for a couple of years and he peeks around the corner and, and in the side view mirror sees the driver. It's like, man, that guy's up in the cab. He's wheeling this engine, you know, through intersections. He's driving fast. He's, you know, blowing the horn. He's, He's in control of this piece of apparatus, man. That's where I want to be one day. And yeah. you know, the guy studies up, takes you know, takes his exams, his training, everything else. A couple of years later, he's up there, you know, wheeling the engine, and he's there for a couple of years. And then the next thing you know, he keeps looking over at the officers. That man, look at that dude, man. He's in charge of this shift. Uh, you know, he's in charge of this crew. He's calling the shots. He's on the radio. He's you know, blowing the air horn. Man, that's where I want to be. You know, guy studies up, goes through some training, puts his time in. A couple of years later, he's riding the right front seat. And then, you know, that same guy, a couple of years later, going on a call, he looks in his side view mirror. He sees the battalion chief in the buggy behind him. Man, that guy's got the world by the ass, man. He's driving his own vehicle. Um, you know, he's he's in charge of, like, you know, he's citywide. He's in charge of the whole shift. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he's in command of the calls when we get on the scene. That's where I want to be. And, you know, again, studies up, goes through his classes, promotes up. And, you know, he's... There he is riding the battalion buggy like, you know, he's, now he's got like 20 some years on the job and he's pulling out behind a, an engine going to a call and he yeah. sees that fireman on the back step goes, man, look at that guy. He's got the world by the ass. He's, he's a back step fireman. That's where I want to be. You know, it, it, I think it goes full circle. It really does. I, you know, I have, don't know. We were idiots. I don't even know how the hell we survived that freaking tailboard. I love riding on a tailboard, but that is the most idiotic thing we've ever done, man. <laughs> Jesus, we've well, lost that, that. And it, we'll well, right, riding the tailboard. We used to stand up in the jump seats. I mean, you know, yes, that's why we, we can't hear today because of that. You know, half of that stuff bugs hitting you in the face over top of the uh, yeah. you know, over top of the cab. God, yeah. we were idiots. Oh, uh, but it, it was has fun. gotten better. It has, like, safety wise, and um, 
just not breathing smoke and stuff. I tell my boy all the time, do not breathe that shit. It, you know, even if it's if it's a bullshit call, try to keep your face piece on and stuff. I know it's I know everybody wants to be some cool thing, but um, man, I'm telling you, we're, we're dying from this stuff. I'm I don't know why I don't have this shit yet. Some no, of my Scott, young, some of my young guys have died from cancer. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's prevalent. But what's uh, for your other son who's in the Navy? What's and you know because Bobby McGee obviously couldn't be on tonight, but that's how he started his fire service career. He was a damage controlman. But right. what what's what's the philosophy? Uh, does your son talk to you about that? Like, what's their philosophy with stuff as damage control firefighters in the Navy versus on the civilian side? I mean, do they share kind of our mindset and that growth, or are they they totally different? So he honestly, I haven't really talked to him a whole hell of a lot about it. Um, he's getting ready to. So his time is up on this destroyer. They were going to make him a friggin' recruiter, and I was like, ugh. That sucks. You're not a used car salesman. <laughs> so um, I think what he's going to do, he is sounds like he wants to go something called active reserves. So he's still active duty, but he's active duty reserve or something. And it's it's I think they have to put more time in than an actual reservist does or whatever. But he's going to do that. And I think he's going to try to go with uh, he's going to try to go with NDW or whatever. But they do, yeah. Their mindset, I think, is similar. They do the same stuff. Um, they have the same equipment. It's not like the old Chemox mask that my dad. So my dad was also a damage controlman on an LST. He actually saved a few people down in Jacksonville, Florida, where my kids at now. It wasn't at the same exact place, but I think my kid maybe in Mayport. And is that, is that a thing? Yeah. Mayport. And, um, they transferred. So he's on the USS Mason. The Mason was, um, their home port was Norfolk for some reason, I guess they, they saw fit to change their port. They had to change their port or something. So they sent them down to Jacksonville in, in Mayport Naval station or whatever it's called. So, um, they wear, but, they wear the same stuff we do. They wear like the old 660Cs, I think, or bullets. There's, they're wearing something like that um, helmet. Not obviously, they're not going to wear the traditional stuff. It probably wouldn't work out on the ships because I mean, it's, a, it's some of the spaces are tiny. But um, they're wearing. Um, I can't remember if they're they're using Scots on on his ship, but um, they're wearing regular structural gear. Uh, on the ship mostly and then they also have I believe they have two Blackhawks that go on that uh, going to go in the aft end of that uh, ship in the stern of the ship so they um they have also have to do some air aircraft of uh, ARF stuff the, the, the um fire um the aircraft firefighting stuff and I think they also uh, train with the uh, aluminized stuff also um now nah, he hadn't really talked to me about uh, a lot of philosophy with that. So yeah, I was um, just kind of curious. Cause like, you know, like you said, we used to do a lot of, well, at the time we didn't think it was stupid shit. I mean, it was monkey see monkey do the senior yeah. guys showed us nothing really bad seemed to happen to them. At least at the time uh, we emulated it and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it was great riding the back step. It was great standing up on the, uh, the, the jump seat. And then, you know, you were pissed when you had to put the man saver bar behind your, or strap in, you know, and wrap your wrist around and, you know, um, and then when it was raining or snowing or anything else and you, know, you hit those big bumps and you knew when they were coming up at certain intersections and you just held on a little tighter. But, um, you know, I think that's something that, you know, again, we, we survived it. We had the, the stories to tell about it, but it's also good to see some of the changes that have happened. And, uh, but that's again, Scotty, that's, uh, we got a probably a million and a half stories you could tell and all stuff, but, but it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, you've always been able to maintain that level in the fire service and kind of go, uh, you, you've always been you, but you've always been able to get right, right to that line, and, right. which I'm like, holy shit, this guy's a battalion chief. This guy's a lieutenant. Not, not in a bad way. Cause I mean, you, you know, I haven't you, heard that before. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah, I mean, you, you weren't, you weren't every bit of it, but it's like, I think that's where some of the respect came in too, from the crew members to say, oh. look, Scotty bear is going to be Scotty bear. It's not like there's not Lieutenant Bear or Battalion Chief yeah. Bear. Hey, this, this is Scotty Bear. Whatever color helmet he's wearing today is inconsequential, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... So how the hell did you keep yourself out of trouble all those years? I didn't. <laughs> I almost got fired a couple times. Um, 
So I so before I forget, I um we were talking about the lieutenant being you know probably the cool cooler job. I will say, don't downplay the Tillerman though. The Tillerman mm-hmm. on those on those tiller trucks. I love being a Tillerman on that 68 the 68C grade, that open cab truck. I loved it. It was the that that I wish the truck was still they pieced it out and the guys one of the guys bought the tractor end of it the other one took the ladder and put i think raymond aaron took the ladder and took it to graysonville and put it on top of their rear mount and stuff so it kind of sucked because i didn't have the money back then but now i probably could afford to buy that damn thing and um i'd love to have that truck and i'm not one of those fire truck guys but i that was my favorite piece it still is to this day that's my favorite piece we just got an aerial scope that it's kind of cool but it's still not a tiller truck (laughs) So, um, did I get off base again? I'm always getting off base. Jesus. Uh, part of your charm. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> Good God. What else are we doing? Now, Mike, you, are you on a tiller now? Uh, we're back and forth. We, we got a mid-mount right now that we're driving, but when it was out, which it was out for a few months, we, we did have a tiller in and out of there. So, um, I, I, I can align myself with that. It's a, it's a cool job being a tillerman. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It definitely is. Um, and we are, we've been trying to lock down a scope. So, okay. Uh, now I've never driven one, but uh, yeah, it looks like a cool piece of apparatus. It's uh, okay. We're just learning. I, as a matter of fact, I pulled it out yesterday and, and I'm not an operator. I don't, I don't, um, not for Anne Arundel anyway. So I am, um, I've never driven a scope. So I, um, I pulled it out, but uh, we do have to operate the bucket and I want to be proficient at it and know how to do that. So, uh, uh, the guys, we all get in it and uh, fool with it. Uh, it'll be in service. Probably I'm thinking it was supposed to be in service now, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be more like, uh, like around the first of March or something. It looks like maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, it's cool though. It has some uh, it has some uses that uh, some of the other apparatus, just like anything else, that you know they all have their some pluses and negatives. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I know you know Baltimore has been in the market for some additional towers or, or scopes, tower ladders. Uh, since our line of duty deaths, it's been something that they've been uh, you know searching pretty aggressively for um in order to uh, you know just be a little bit more dynamic on these fire grounds with major incidents uh and those tower ladders allow for that especially a scope like you said it offers um it offers tactically um some more advantages on on certain types of incidents yeah uh but uh you know it's a it's a hard market out there right now because every department is short in their fleets so they are gobbling up anything and everything they can find and you know unfortunately a lot of the departments that are getting rid of apparatus there's a reason why yeah Uh, and and it's getting it's getting bought up for top dollar yeah so you know fire fire departments be it volunteer or career um have now become used car salesmen too so we're, we're playing our hand in everything it seems to be that we're focusing a lot more on being politicians and, um, you know, uh, all these other little nuances than actually uh, becoming better at our trade. Right, right. <laughs> Good God. Master. I, I, I figure you bust out a – I can't say it like you do, Sky. A great ass. Great ass. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh. Hey, you, you, you need to start a series of children's books called, like, you know, Scotty Bear's Barnyard Adventures. <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> would be freaking X-rated, man. I couldn't send that to the, the I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight thinking about that uh, electric fence and that sheet now. You know, that image is just burned in my freaking head now. Jesus Christ, man. That was one of the funniest things. <laughs> and you just probably call that Tuesday, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> Waples, Waples. Um, I wonder if he's watching. He, he let me down. Oh, he, 
hip, hip, well, like I say, he's he's, he's celebrating his 40th, but I guarantee he'll hop on here. But uh, what, what pearls of wisdom do you have for young Benefer? So we were working together at three, um, and um, and um, my kid, my youngest, the one that's in the Navy, little shithead, the Navy turned him around, man. I thought he was going to go down a bad path, but he, man, he went to boot camp up there, and he, like, did really well. I was so happy about that. So Alex was down at Ocean City during senior week, and I was like, man, I talked to his mother. I said, man, I think this is not cool and all that stuff. And we both were probably the same way. We didn't think it was cool, but she's trying to cut him loose a little bit and all that. So he's down there and he's in three's area. So, I mean, like right across the street somewhere, I can't remember exactly which place, but um, so me and Ben go over there. And we take the, the ambulance over there and we park it down the street and we walk up and we, we pound on the door and said, open up, this is OCPD. <laughs> or whatever, we were acting like we are the police and uh, holy shit, they they didn't even believe us. So they, all the, you know, these young kids, they, they don't have any respect for shit, man. So they, um, it was a whole bunch of boys in there and stuff. Uh, probably, probably 10 people in there, but, uh, they were in there carrying on and stuff. It, actually, they weren't doing anything really wrong. Um, but we snuck up on him and stuff. And I think he'd be surprised. <laughs> oh my God. I had a lot of good times with you all, especially like during that hurricane, that, that was a little scary. I thought it was going to be worse than it was, but, I don't remember which 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 name storm it was, but um, that was fun. It was fun. Yeah, we did we did have a good time. It's it's so funny because I've got a um, relatively young workforce where I am, and a bunch of great people. I mean, I'd say you know ninety nine point nine percent of them are pretty you know squared away. They're you know they're good people. They 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 like to come in. They enjoy the job. They you know I mean I and I wish they had people like you know like. You, you know, you and Bobby and Mike and yeah. some of the others down there to kind of influence them, um, good and bad. But you know, just to yeah. kind of and and they'll they'll ask from time to time. And you know, of course, you know, I'll, I'll be the old guy telling some stories every now and then. But um, you know, you, you have the knucklehead that's going to do something off duty, and you know, of course, you're wearing his fire department I belong T-shirt. It's like, dude, look, if you're going to fuck up, don't do it in one of our T-shirts. You know, right. but. But I still remember that guy. I'll tell him I tell him about this all the time. I can't remember the guy's name, but we called him Cornholio. Um, but he was he was in his Ocean City Fire Department t-shirt. He was one of our uh you know, one of our summer help guys one year, and he was renting a place down like 28th Street, 26th Street, something like that. And you know, they're having a kegger up on the on the second floor balcony of this uh, whatever apartment you're staying in. And, you know, nature calls. He's, so he's, he's, you know, he's taking a leak between the uh, balcony railings. And here comes, you Ryan, when you said it, here comes OCPD. And they're like, hey, dude, you know, they're trying to shut, like, shut him down without having to, you know, do something about it. You know? And right. he's like, oh, you know, he's flipping them off. Oh, I'm a fireman here. Like, oh, okay, great. So, you know, that, that's when you're in the buggy and you get that phone call uh, from, the, uh, from the shift sergeant. Hey, yeah. uh, do you know this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, is he one of yours? Yeah. Um, well, you might want to come down here and talk to him because he's getting ready to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Uh, but uh, but I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad at least your son, uh, you know, you weren't the real police down there. So right, right. They weren't messing up too bad. Good God. Uh, well, you know, the smarter police, when you uh, break out the hole, I'm the fireman. I uh, usually just stop talking. Uh, a, a smart cop will just go ahead and tell you to turn around and put your hands behind your back when you tell him you're a fireman. I exactly. have never done that in my life. <laughs> right. Go ahead and protect the rest of the uh, city that night and, and, and lock them up, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we all, all of us have that guy, but you're, you're right. As, as soon as you start spouting off, yeah. I, I, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Scotty. I was, uh, this has probably been, oh, gosh, I don't know, eight months ago or so. And I was out grabbing some dinner. Um, as I, actually after a training night, I just got done uh, doing some teaching, and I didn't have anything on. That, you know, nothing that said I belong. And there's this young kid. He's you can tell he's enamored about being a fireman, right? And you know, he had on his I belong T-shirt, not like an official uniform shirt, but you know, like a morale shirt type thing. And yeah. and he gets Big talking, and, and he, oh yeah, and he's like. So within within the next five minutes, um, and he's just talking to anybody who would listen to him more. And 
I knew his name, what station he worked for, what calls he ran in the last 24 hours. And the guy's getting drunker and drunker, <laughs> not, not being a bad guy. Just, and yeah. then some, some big hawking dude comes in with his fiance or his wife. Oh no. And she, and she could have been like a Victoria's secret model. And he's like, yeah. Hey darling, you want to drink it? Hey, and he's like, Oh boy, here we go. This guy's going to get clocked. And yeah, you know, right. Then, then he's like, hey, I, yeah, some other guys got talking to him at the bar. Yeah, I'll meet you up there. And he is like in no position to drive. And I'm like, okay. And yeah, the guy's the guy's a probie, you know. And yeah. the, the, the department he was with probably like about a year before um, had a guy get all banged up, got into a, an MVC, killed somebody, messed some other people up. I'm like, oh, this is going downhill. So he's like, oh, yeah, I was just – he's not even talking to me. He's like, oh, yeah, I was in the academy. And, hey, bro, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm retired, man, which it was partially true. I've retired once. But <laughs> so he's going all this shit. He's getting ready to drive and everything else. And he's like, oh, yeah, my, uh, you know, my, uh, my FTO, my uh, instructor at the academy. Well, I know his, I know his instructor really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is getting ready to go from sugar to shit real quick. <laughs> this, this kid's obviously proud to be a fireman. I'd love to see him uh, have a nice full long career. There's right. no need for his chief to get into this or him to fuck up and 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 in tomorrow morning's uh, news feed that you know XYZ fire department firefighter you know waffles six yeah. people. So I I, I texted his uh, his instructor and I said, hey, do you know this kid? He goes, yeah. I said, you are you working tonight? He goes, yeah, I'm right down the street. I'm like, can you come pick him up? <laughs> I see the engine turn around, like park, like two doors down behind this bodega. And, um, he, and the, the, the instructor like texts me back and he goes, Hey, walk him outside. I'm like, Hey bud, let's go outside get some air real quick. Oh yeah. F you. Yeah, let's go walk. Out. And there, there's his, uh, the instructor's Lieutenant also. He goes, and it's like, not another word said it is his Lieutenant's just like, uh, give me your keys. You're going to call an Uber right now. You're going home right now. And see that big guy that you're pissing off, and it wasn't me. It's was like the big guy with the with the, the Victoria's Secret model girlfriend. He goes, "See that big guy over there? Wish him a good night." And uh, you need to go home now. And it's like, you know what? That's the best possible thing that probably could ever happen to that kid because he didn't get in trouble. I mean, he probably had to scrub every toilet and freaking fire station the next day he went in. But yeah. you know, it was one of those lessons learned, man. It's like you know. Uh. He, have fun, but you know, make make sure that you know don't don't bring your your crew, your department, anybody else into disrespect because you, know, you got to respect the industry, you got to respect the job, respect the people on it. And this kid was going down a bad path, but it's like just just like that. I'm hoping that you know one day down the road, when when he's you know maybe in charge of a crew and sees one of his younger folks kind of going on a bad path, just like you're you're talking about there, that he goes, you know, hand, handles it kind of a different way. And I, I'm not saying you know. It, it was right or wrong the way it was handled, but yeah. the, the good thing was no harm, no foul. And, you know, it, it, it went nowhere else but that, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you look back in your own career and go, wow, there's some people who kind of saved my ass more than one time oh, um, yeah. you know, when I wasn't doing right. Or, you know, when I, when I was going down a, not a good path and uh, you know, you, you kind of want to pass those things along too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh. Uh, it looks like, looks like you're reminiscing there a little bit, Scotty. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been in trouble. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. Yeah. Well, boys, we, we've hit about the one hour mark, so I'm going to go, go around the horn and wrap it up real quick. And, uh, Scotty, I'm going to give you the last word. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Well, I, I apologize for not being able to be on the whole thing there, Scotty. I know I missed some, some pretty cool stories. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that uh in private sometime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The problem ones are a lot better. I can tell you. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks for being on. And uh, again, you know, I apologize for not catching the whole thing, man. Yeah. Uh, I wish we, I wish we had Bobby on here tonight. Uh, I know yeah. that yeah. he, he would have uh, thrown a, a bunch of big hitters at you. Oh, um, yeah. But, um, but great talking. And um, it's always good to be uh, be in the presence of people that are passionate about uh, about the job and can speak to a lot of different levels of uh, of what the job entails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you guys having me. I um, I don't know if I'm worthy of all that, but I I am. Um, I enjoyed it. I, and and you're right. It's it's nice to uh, throw stuff around at each other and uh, 
and and not just the bullshit, but I mean, I, I you can, I mean, this is basically like a coffee table, and, you know, at the firehouse, and uh, you can learn a lot at that coffee table or, or lunch table or whatever. Oh my god, a lot bullshit too, but uh, you can learn a lot about the, the job and stuff. So yeah, I definitely appreciate this. Um, I was a little nervous, but um, it wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be like Dean Martin's roast. I thought Trevor was going to bust my balls. But <laughs> it wasn't too bad. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to you live on the air. That's that's an like Mike said. That's an in person thing, you know. Right, uh, right, yeah. Go down memory memory lane a little bit. But any any final thoughts there, Scotty? Before we wrap up? No, I think I think. Um, Anybody out there that's listening that's in the fire service, just um, need to be safe. Just be careful um, and watch these other, watch each other's backs. And sometimes we're our own, oh my God, we're our own worst enemies. You know, um, sometimes we just, we're, I don't know if we're trying to cut each other's throats or whatever, but sometimes we're our own worst enemies and we need to look out for each other. Because nobody else is going to look out for us, so and need to be careful. So absolutely, brother. Well, well, well said. And Scotty, thanks for coming on tonight and uh, you know sharing some of your wisdom and uh, and wit with everybody. And uh, world of respect for you, brother. Yeah. And uh, you know, enjoyed every bit of working with you. And uh, you know, still the fact that you're you know a fireman's fireman goes a long way. But, um, you know, with, with that being said, man, stay in touch. Glad you're still on the job. Glad you're still reaching out to everybody in our industry and uh, passing those things along. But uh, we're going to wrap up uh, Thirsty Thursday 51 with Scotty Bear. He is available for birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, children's parties. <laughs> and please check out his new kid's book, The uh, Barnyard Adventures by Scotty Bear. So uh, I, I wouldn't look at the pictures, but uh, you know, hey, that's a good thing. But we appreciate you all tuning in. And uh, – We'll come back for Thirsty Thursday, number 52. Ben's going to be putting that out pretty soon. And uh, yeah, like anything else, uh, reach out to us because we have, we've been blessed to have a lot of people on the show that are a world of knowledge and uh, like to share that knowledge. So with that, everybody, cheers. Be cheers. safe. Cheers. I got See my gray sweatpants on just to let you guys know, too. You're what? <laughs> I have my gray sweatpants on just to let you all know. Oh, and you're, I, I guarantee you're free balling, too, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> See you, bro. How do I sign off on this thing? <laughs> you just did. All right. <laughs> I'm out.